our schedule for November is out on the back. Um, we are having activities this month. We did take the month of October off, um, but we are back. There is some activities this month for uh, young people, family night, so please look at the back. There is a page, a paper that says the month of November. Also, Sunday school children, you may be dismissed. We have the young people, and we also have the children for the, the younger class. Amen. And half the congregation leaves. This is a house. Amen? You are a house. I want to I want to take some time today and I just want to talk a little bit. I've got I've got some a verse, a passage of scripture I want to talk and share about. And then I want to I titled this sermon House Rules. Family Rules. This is a house of family. Last week I shared about this is a house of family. But have you ever been into a house and there's there there is some rules. There is some there is some parameters that we live in and that we live by. And there's there's a playing field. And what's amazing about this is there is an incredible uniqueness in each one of us here. And each one of us that's watching online. I know there's some that are watching. There's a uniqueness in each one of us. And sometimes we take that uniqueness and instead of celebrating it, we almost um, put it out there. But it's like, no, like for instance, my sense of humor, it's unique. It, it's, and it's a blessing to this house. I'm convinced of that. But it's unique. And I'm just so glad that you don't make fun of it, but that you accept it and you, you cheer me on. So each one of us has uniqueness. I believe God has placed inside each one of us a unique gift and a unique ability to touch not just our body, but to touch your world. And so what I'd like to do is I want to take a little bit of time and talk about that this is a house of family and what are some of the rules that maybe we can live by. I'm not talking about no lying, no cheating, no stealing. I think we know that. But there's some other things that maybe when we read the scriptures that maybe can help us because what I have found is, is it's a real sensitive point. But the Bible talks about getting along. Have you noticed that? The Bible, in Romans it says, listen, if it's at all possible, whatever's in your ability, in other words, whatever you can do about it, Live peaceably. I have found family probably triggers me more than the crazy drivers on the road. I don't know about you, but I have found family can trigger me. Family knows what gets me going, and they can push those buttons. You know, they know when I want ice cream, and they don't ask for it. It's like... You know, and, and we, there, there, are, there are certain things that I know will trigger other people. And you know what's ha terrible? Is sometimes I do it on purpose to get them upset. Can we just be honest? When you're, when you're in an argument, or should we say a heated discussion, and you want to make a point, 
and you know the person that you're talking to maybe gets upset or frustrated because you know like i'm 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 a large from a large family i've eight brothers and so we would each put our brothers in the place and i was the goody goody two shoes that's what i was called I didn't use foul language. A couple of my brothers sometimes would say things. I just did not. And so they called me goody-goody two-shoes. But they would do things on purpose just to get me upset. And you know what? I would do the same. Just to put them in their place. Just to let them know that, you know what, I still got it. And sometimes I find family is where the iron sharpens the iron. But when you sharpen iron, you get sparks. We, we always say, oh, I wish it would be nice and smooth. But what happens is when the sandpaper hits and the grit hits or the sharpening happens, sparks fly. But the result of it is something beautiful. And so it's learning how to walk and to work within those sparks. We talked about this is the house of God. This is the house of God. You are the house of God. You, you actually are God's house. You are his house. You are the temple of God. We talked about being, um, building the house and the foundation. What foundation do we build this house on? Jesus. He is the foundation of this house. And the, found, the house that you build answers to the foundation that's laid. So the best foundation you can lay is the foundation of Jesus. And if you build a small foundation, you will not be able to build a skyscraper. But if you build a large, deep foundation and a large foundation, you can build a large thing on top. And Jesus is the best foundation you can lay. This week, this is a house. If you can turn in your Bibles, I'm going to read it from a, from a Bible called The Message, which is a paraphrase of modern-day contemporary language. But I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. I like the way it reads, and sometimes I will read other versions or other translations, paraphrases, just to hear the way those, those uh, individuals saw the scriptures. I'm going to start in Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Uh, the, the family is amazing. It's a, it's a mystery to me how many comprise the one but one is made up of many. I, I, to me, it's a mystery. Because there's so much uniqueness here in this house. And yet we're one. But we are made up of so many uniqueness and unique individuals. It says in, in Romans 12, verse 4, and I've got about... 15 verses I want to read, and, and I'd like you just to, if you can follow along, and it might be a challenge to follow along just the way this reads, but in the, it reads like this. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning, meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we are talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. 
each of us finds our meaning as fu- and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned in all these excellent, excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. For instance, if you preach, just preach God's message. Don't tell funny stories. I added that. But preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them and depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. He's saying if you've got your unique gift that you bring to the table, it's not about you, it's about how it blesses others. And he says, if that's what your gift is, then do it and do it well. If you are good at giving, there I have found people that are so generous. And you know what? Be generous. I've other, I found other people that are great at giving a sage piece of advice. Then do it. I know people that are phenomenal at hospitality then be hospitable. I have found people that aren't as strong in hospitality, but they're stronger in other things. And so he's saying, this is how God has designed the body. My thumb makes an amazing thumb, but it makes a terrible toe. Love He continues, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. It's not all about me, David. I added that too. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy and share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. In other words, make friends with people that consider themselves nobodies. It doesn't say don't make friends with nobody. It says make friends with nobodies, people who think they're nobodies. Just be careful. I just want you to hear that. Because you, you might walk away and go, I don't have to be friends with anybody. Pastor David said make friends with nobody. No, no, that's not what I said. And don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. 
Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch, or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. And love, I love this. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. That's Romans chapter 12. And what I, what I did was I took that passage and I wrote a, a number of thoughts that I'd like to share with you about family. Have you ever taken a, a picture, a family picture, and it's taken like six or seven or eight or 15 or 16 shots to get that perfect shot? And then you post it on Instagram and everybody thinks you've got a perfect family, but they don't realize it took 78 different pictures to finally get that one and you still had to Photoshop it. Have you ever noticed that? It's like, oh, that person just looks beautiful, but they don't realize just three seconds before that, we yelled at the kids and said, you're going to have fun whether you like it or not. Smile. Make yourself look like you're having a good time. Family is a real interesting dynamic. And we see the Instagram, we see all the social media, we see these, these pictures posted up, but we don't realize the child was screaming and hollering and pushing you to the limit just before you took that picture. I've been to places where they take pictures and they have a little toy in front of the child and they squeak it and all of a sudden the child looks up and they go click, 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 click. And as soon as the, the child catches, realizes that it was just, a, they start screaming again. It's amazing how, fa- and, and by the way, it's not just the children that are like that. Usually one of the parents is kind of stressed out. Whether it's because the other parent isn't quite as interested in the photo-taking opportunities or whether it's whatever it is, but I found it's not just the children sometimes that are irritated. It's, it's very interesting. So my first thought when I realized that is family ain't perfect. If you read the Bible, you find out there were some interesting families. There were some families that literally killed each other. I'm not talking about that today. But family ain't perfect. My grammar ain't perfect. My grandma ain't perfect, but my grammar ain't perfect either. And I did that on purpose. We ain't perfect. But we try. That was where an amen could have filled the space. We ain't perfect, but we try. Ah, awesome. It says in Romans there, as I read, as much as it's possible within you, and as long as it depends on you, live at peace. Can I ask a question? You don't have to raise your hands. But when was the last time you said, Okay, I'm going to do this for peace, for the sake of peace. I'd like to do this, but I'm going to withdraw, pull that back, and I'll, and you say, well, gee whiz, then you become a carpet and you get walked all over. No, it's, it's not always that. Sometimes it's just, you know what, it's not all about me. It doesn't mean that we become a carpet and get walked all over. What it means is, you know what, I see a bigger picture at play, and I want to be a part of the success of this. One of the hardest things to do is to work as a team in family. But when you work together, what happens is everybody pulls along, and it says in the Bible that one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. 
You multiply your results when you work together as a family. Movement causes things to come to light. When, when we decide that we're going to move as a family, you know what? Things happen and other things come to light. So one of the rules, we ain't perfect, but we try. Uh, amen. Okay, okay. This is a house where we play our part. This is a house where we play our part. If that means I have to wash the kitchen floor, I will wash the kitchen floor. If that means that I have to change somebody's diaper, I'll ask somebody else to do it instead. If that means I've got... This is a house where we play our part. And what's amazing is when I play my part well, the house gets the benefit. When I do what David does well, everybody else gets the benefit. And when you do what you do well, we all get the benefit. Don't shy away from your gift. Instead, press in and say, you know what? God's given me this ability. How can I bless this house? How can I bless this family by doing this? It ain't perfect. I have found a child walking. Have you ever watched a child learn how to walk? You know what we do when a child takes its first steps? We cheer. We go, way to go! You hit the chair, but you made two steps. And we cheer them on, and yet, you know what? They're not walking very good. But what we're doing is we're cheering them on as they walk and as they learn. And I think sometimes we forget that and we look at the end result and we say this is what they should be instead of cheering us on and saying, you know what, we might not be perfect. We might actually hit the wall. We might have to grab onto something to hold our balance. But we are learning how to walk and we are learning how to do things. And because of that, I will cheer you on if you try, even if it ain't perfect. Because I'd rather you try than to say no. I'd rather you try. Another one is family is a place where you can let your guard down. I mentioned that earlier. This is a safe place. And we live in a world where everybody has to protect. And I understand protecting. I understand um, there are certain things I will not expose to people. There are certain of things, but there's other places, man. People have seen me cry, and I have found that I cry ugly. Man, I ain't a pretty crier. My face gets contorted. I, look, I, I just look ugly when I cry, and I've cried a lot this last little while. And I have found when I've cried, people just give me a hug. And what I have found is I've dropped my guard, and as I've dropped my guard, other people have lifted it up. And I'm not saying we air everything, but there's certain, we have to be a, who we are. And there are some things I'm good at, and there are some things I'm not good at. 
And in this family and in this house, this is a place where we can drop our guard because I will not make fun of you. I will not ridicule you. I will not tease you. I will not hurt you. Instead, I will come around you and I will guard whatever that deficiency is and I will protect you. It says love covers a multitude of sin. I have helped people as they've been drunk and I, nobody else knows about it. I've helped people who have done silly things, done things they've regretted. But you know what? I am commissioned and I'm called to love them and I've stood with them and helped them. I've had people sit in my office and share some secrets with me and I don't expose them. Instead, I care for them. I love them. They have dropped their guard and they've been honest and real. It's powerful. This is not a gossip session. This is a session where, you know what, if you're hurting, we're going to stand here and it says we're going to rejoice with you, but we're also going to cry with you. It's a place where it's safe to be who you are. Now, I understand that can get quite emotional. But this is a sermon where the maturity of each one of us comes into play. Paul, as he was writing in this passage, actually is talking about maturity and living a mature Christian life. And a mature Christian life means I will help those around me and I will protect them and I will be with them. And if they drop their guard, it's not for me to make fun of, but it's instead for me to love and to care for and to pray for. And we will have people that come into this house who make a mess. I have found family. I have family. I've made a mess. And they haven't ridiculed me as I've gotten older. Maybe when I was a kid and we were immature. But as we've matured, you know what? My brothers have come and hugged me. Told me it's okay to cry. Held me, prayed for me, supported me. This is a house where we can drop our guard. Why? Because we're family. And his blood runs thick in this family. This is a place where you can drop your guard. If I was to say it in another phrase, this is a house where we are who we are. We are who we are. I've got an amazing sense of humor, but I've also got a, I cry ugly. Family is also a place where we are responsible and accountable. I am responsible for me. I am responsible for how I react and respond to you. I am responsible. And you are responsible for how you act and respond. And what I have found is when I take that responsibility seriously, and when I look at that responsibility, what I have found is I will not expose or hurt, but instead I'm going to support and care for somebody. And I am responsible and I am accountable. I've had people hold me accountable. 
And I'll tell you, sometimes that's hard. But it's for my better. I've had people who say, David, you've got a strength. You've got a gift. And when I've been hurting and when I've been crying, they came to me and says, you, you can do it. And they encouraged me. They held me accountable. There's, this is a house. This is a family where we're responsible and we're accountable. I'm responsible for how I interact. I'm accountable. I am accountable to you for my actions and my behavior. I am here to lift you up. I once had an interaction with an individual in the church. They're, they're not here right now. But I had an interaction with them where they shared something that concerned them. And I was part of the pastoral team. And I was working at the time, full-time job. And in my job, my responsibility was I was a project manager and I would deal with contractors on a regular basis. And sometimes I would listen to the contractors and they would just complain, complain, complain. And I learned, I, I don't know if I learned if that's the right word, but, but I, would, I would sometimes just try to pick out what I needed to do for that contractor and I'd let them spiel for five, ten minutes. But then after the end of the conversation, I knew I had three or four things I had to do. And sometimes I would just go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I did that to this individual. And they got upset with me. And they held me accountable for my actions. And what they said to me was, and they were honest, and they were true, and they were real. They said, you're not listening and you're not hearing. And what I realized was I was treating them as if they were a contractor instead of a part of the family. And what I did was I listened to them and I just said, uh-huh, okay, yeah. And I never, and she said, you're not even listening to me. And I had to learn how to change my response because I, I, I took my business mind and instead of having a heart of compassion or care and hearing what was said, I just placed it within a contract and this and this and this and this. And they held me accountable and I had to go away from that conversation and I had to search myself and say, you know what? I'm not going to be offended. In fact, I'm going to get better because of this. It says in, in Romans here, it says, love from the center of who you are. Be responsible, be accountable. And the way you do that is you love from the center of who you are. Respect, care, kindness. Have you ever experienced someone's kindness I was traveling this week, and I was at a ferry terminal, and the gentleman that was taking the, uh, the reservation that I had, just he was just kind. He was just really nice. And what I found was his kindness actually just made me feel better. And, and it, he could have just said, yeah, good, go ahead. But he was like, hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for coming. Thanks for using us. And, and it was like, I just, his kindness made me feel better. Be responsible. This is a house where I am committed to being the best me for thee. I'm using a little bit of King James language. This is a house where I am committed to being the best me for thee. Because the best me 
makes it for the best of thee. Family is a place that is about we and not me. We've got it upside down. We've turned the we upside down and made it me. And I understand we're individuals, but we're also a collective body. And we are we're a collective body. What happens is when we function as a body, then everybody that is part of that body accelerates, grows, functions, gets nourished, and is, is better off. It's about we. It's about us. And one of the family rules is not about me. It's about we. And I'll be honest with you, there's been a couple hard decisions. Even in the last month, we actually had two Sundays where we didn't meet, where we technically could have met. But there was a lot of stuff happening with COVID and stuff, and we just thought, you know what? It's probably best just to be a little on the safer side. And so we said, you know what? We're going to just take, take this Sunday, and we're just going to try to re regroup and understand what's... It was about us. We... And I have been around places when it becomes about me. And what I have found is people usually get tired of that quickly. There's a, a phrase that I heard a long time ago when I learned, when I was doing my bicycling, and I haven't done a lot of bicycling lately, but when I would do bicycling, I was training to do a ride with Pastor Daniel and, and my nephew, Brandon. And what I learned was if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And I, the first day, we, we did a three-day ride, 400 kilometers. And the first day, I was going fast. But then I'd have to stop. The second day, we got better. The third day... Um, Pastor Winona and Pastor Brenda would sit in the vehicle because they were our support vehicle, which was important for us. But they'd watch us and we'd climb and we'd crest a hill and they'd see all three of us right behind each other. And what happened was when we were together like that, one of us was grumpy, the other one would help each other out. And we went far because we went together. If you make it all about yourself, you're going to go fast, but you're going to die out. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to get tired. But there's actually a thing called the slipstream. And when you work together, you actually pull from the person in front of you. And they actually, you use less energy because the person in front of you is breaking the wind, is breaking the, the, the resistance. And the people behind, if you, if you watch bicycle riding, it's called the peloton. And the people behind use less energy. And what happens is the person in front goes for a while and then they change and somebody else takes the lead and they get a rest and yet they don't lose position because they've learned how to draw from each other it's not about me it's about we if you want to go fast go alone and I have learned that I've actually learned how to change my pace in other words in, in order to go further This is a house where we is bigger than me. 
And the last thing I want to share with you is one of the greatest tools in our toolbox that we have in order for us to learn how to walk together as a family is the tool called grace. And the grace is the supreme divine ability to do what maybe you thought you couldn't do. And so when you are walking together in a family and you are doing things that maybe you don't want to do, you don't wish to do, you don't even think you should have to do, that's the moment when you can actually call for grace, the tool that's in your toolbox, this amazing thing called grace, and what it can do is it can help you do what you could not do on your own. So for us as a body, this is a house and the family rules. One of the greatest tools that we have, each one of us has this deposit in us, is this deposit of grace that you say, you know what, God, I need your grace. I need your favor. I need your ability because right now this person is driving me up the wall. And I need your grace. Because I have found sometimes family has the greatest conflict in it. I found sometimes sharpening iron, the sparks can hit. But I've also found when you allow that to do its job, the tool that comes out of it or the implement that comes out of it is best suited for what it's going to do. It's not about me, it's about we. And when it becomes about we then the wee little me gets better. Grace. Give grace and give space. Amen? Do you receive that this morning? Amen. I want to just speak one word over you as we exit for this Sunday. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. This week, walk in the favor and the blessing of Jesus and what God has for you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing week. We are a family. House rules. Amen. God bless you.